be here to talk with me about Jeremy Corbyn's relationship with Europe and the party's relationship with Europe more broadly is Dave Nellis, a former Labour MP uh, and colleague of Jeremy Corbyn, now National Chair of the TUSC Trade Union and Socialist Coalition. And Dave Nellis, you are most remembered by me as uh, a friend of Terry Fields, uh, the Labour MP, and who, along with you, I think, went to jail for not paying your poll tax. Terry did. He did. Uh, sorry, good afternoon. Good afternoon he did 58 Dave. days in... Uh, in Walton uh, Prison, and uh, whilst he was in there and shortly afterwards, that's when the process started in the Labour Party for his and my expulsion for uh, being prepared to go to prison instead of pensioners being sent to prison for the poll tax. Mm. So now when you look at Jeremy Corbyn as leader of the Labour Party, I know you said um, earlier on in the process when it looked like he was about to become leader that you thought he would be suffocated um, by the Parliamentary Labour Party. H hasn't quite turned out that way, has it? Well, specifically on the question of uh, relationship with the EU, uh, Jeremy, like me, in 1975, uh, campaigned with Tony Benn um, in that first referendum on EEC uh, membership. Uh, and TUSK, the Trade Unions and Socialist Coalition, was actually set up um, following the work that the Socialist Party did with Bob Crow uh, in the No to EU campaign and in the 2009 Euro elections. And, and I suspect if... Tony and Bob, unfortunately, are no longer with us, were still here today, we'd be on a different terrain, because there is that strand, as you've rightly said, uh, of opposition, particularly from Margaret Thatcher's 86 Single European Act onwards, Maastricht and Lisbon mm. uh, developed even further, of the EU becoming effectively a bosses club, big market, set up for the, the top companies. I mean, in Britain, we've got five and a half million businesses, a couple hundred thousand of them trade with Europe, so 95 are percent of businesses don't, but the bigger ones who do, the ones that want to right Britain's relationship in their favour and for their profits, not for the benefits of working people. But isn't it fair to say that Jeremy Corbyn's uh, kind of Praetorian Guard, if that what you can call is it, if that's what you would call them, Seamus Milne, uh, Carrie Murphy, Len McCluskey, Andrew Murray, are from the Bob Crow, Tony Benn theme of the Labour Party on Europe? They are, but the reality, is, as you were hinting at earlier on, is that still, regretfully, 80-85% of the MPs in Parliament, probably the same percentage of councillors around the, uh, the country, grew up and owe their political uh, authority and position to Tony Blair's dominance of the Labour Party, that's true, not, but, not but of the left. That's true, but do you believe that when it comes to Brexit and Jeremy Corbyn, um, they are their master's voice? I think Jeremy's position has changed even in the last 18 months. I was looking up what he said during the election of 2017 and what John McDonnell said just after the election. Um, and they said that what they wanted an, a new relationship with Europe designed on the basis so that Labour can implement its manifesto. And I think that's a better starting point than what Jeremy was saying in Hastings today about the permanent customs union and staying in the single market. Because the trouble is that the single market rules are designed to frustrate what Labour wants to do, particularly on issues like public uh, uh, ownership or bringing services back into council control and, uh, and, and so on. So if, if there is to be, as I hope there is, a new general election, a new government, a new negotiation, a new relationship with Europe, 
I prefer what you were saying 18 months ago about having one that would allow Labour to address the real problems. And just forgive me for another 20 seconds. Brexit isn't the biggest problem working class people fear, face. It's recession and austerity of the last 10 years, which got a much bigger impact on their life. And Labour needs to come in and tackle those well, things. Well, I and provides yeah. legal obstacles to that, then that's why we have to be against the European uh, treaties and the regulations. Well, and it's also not just people like you on the left saying that um, uh, about Brexit not necessarily being the ultimate problem. Uh, people like Lord O'Neill say that our productivity gap yes, yes. Is, is a bigger problem for all the reasons that you've just mentioned as well. Uh, on, on the question of how, uh, to, to use a, a kind of invented word really, how Brexity or not Jeremy Corbyn is. The Jeremy Corbyn that you knew in the 70s and 80s, on, on, on the Brexiteer scale, where would you place him then? Where would you place him now? I think he was 100% along Tony Benn's opposition in the 70s uh, and I remember that in the 80s when we had the debates on things like the Single European Act in 1986, our opposition was there against Margaret Thatcher who wrote that act and its codification later on into Maastricht and uh, and so on and that was, as I say, the, the, the real uh, beginnings of the neoliberal type of, uh, of EU. I don't think he's that hard on it now internally What's because changed, i haven't chatted to him about it personally but internally he may well still have that opposition but as i say the pressures within the labor party are such that within parliament within the parliamentary labor party he's outnumbered so the solution is to get out of parliament um for example the, theresa may says come and have a meeting and she only wants it for him to you know come nearer to her on the breakfast brexit in name only deal that she's promoting he should be out around the biggest yes, but, 25 but Dave, or 50 but Dave, isn't, cities in the country yeah. arguing for a socialist alternative. Yes, but isn't the, isn't the reality of politics, particularly the level of politics he is at now, the position in politics he's at now, is that when she invites him into the room to do what you say is just argue her position, he's in the room arguing his. And he's not placing himself in that room. What could be his motivation for not placing himself in that room? Because I don't think that's where the real power relationships in Britain lie at the moment. Uh, we know what Theresa May uh, wants. She wants, I repeat, a Brexit in name only, continued membership of uh, the aspects of the EU single market and customs uh, union and so on, which I know there's a fought again for, uh, for, for, for years. But outside, there are millions of people who are suffering from stagnant wages, from unemployment, having to use food banks, seeing crowded schools and hospitals being underfunded or what have you. And, and Jeremy could offer solutions to those problems which could then turn the debate in a different direction then that might get reflected later on in debates in parliament on negotiations with a, a government and so on but he was at his strongest in his election campaigns when he's doing the big tours of the country and on this issue as well that's where he needs to be isn't it true though i mean i certainly hear it this way and you can take issue with me when i've explained what i mean uh, when i hear him uh, drift at moments like this when i hear him drift into uh the you know for the many not the few and uh, talking uh, rightly talking about the levels of poverty that exist in this country rightly talking about uh the the pressure that universal credit has put many families under yes of course they must continue to be spoken about but right now right now his job is to be the smartest he can be on brexit at high politics can he do high politics? 
Well, I think he can, but I do disagree with you that uh, his job is to be the smartest on Brexit. His job is still the basic one of reversing the austerity of the last uh, 10 years of, uh, of recession and giving people a decent uh, future. And Brexit has... But the kind the of Brexit we get will... So di- but the kind, country yes, now, but just on to a single point, yeah. that the, the fundamentals are being lost of the reality of the miserable lives of millions of people uh, in this country that need improving. Would, well, they'll never be lost on this programme, just to reassure you, but is, yeah. is, isn't the reality of of Brexit is, is that the kind of Brexit we get will feed into all of those issues one way or another for good or for ill for prosperity or for lack of it that's what i'm talking about that's what i mean when i say the high politics moment of brexit is now can he do it but there are there are people i am sure i don't know the numbers but there are people who in the last couple of years have worried about the 2016 uh, decision and may have come to the idea that perhaps you know it needs to be changed in, uh, in, in some way. The fundamentals are still that if Labour is going to tackle the issues it wants to with public ownership of things like transport, of communications, of, of energy, of post and rail and so on, EU has rules and directives that would block that, make it fundamentally more difficult. And if Jeremy is pushing the debate onto those issues, I want to have a Labour government, he says, with a manifesto that improves people's lives, but staying in the single market and custom use and abiding by their rules is going to make that difficult. That's why I want you on my side for a new negotiation with the EU, a new future relationship with Europe and so on. I think you can turn the debate around. Why is he against a people's vote or appears to be so reluctant to see one happen? Well, bluntly, we've had people's votes uh, it's not a new idea, is it? it, it it's basically the, 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 the representative of the ruling class saying to the working class people, look, you got it wrong last time, go away and keep voting until you get it right. And they did that in Denmark over Maastricht, they did it in Ireland twice over Nice and the Lisbon uh, uh, treaties and, uh, and, and so on. And, and, and now they're, they're colouring up by, you know, the sky's going to fall in unless we make a change, unless we have a, 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 a new vote and so on. The fundamentals of why people voted no last time uh, haven't uh, changed. When they told their lives they're going to get miserable and more rough if we leave without a deal or if we don't uh, stay in the uh, the European Union. They look around and well, say, I don't think my life is particularly brilliant at the moment. So having a second vote isn't going to solve these right, problems. Well, well, having a new government in a general election would. Well, that's not looking likely yet. I mean, that may change. It can all change. Uh, but on the subject of listening to people's votes, heeding people's votes, you talk about the European elite uh, failing to do that. What about the support within the Labour Party um, uh, for a second vote. Um, uh, 88% of those polled recently uh, uh, would vote to remain, 70% want a second vote, and 88% of those people would vote to remain. Is Jeremy Corbyn listening to them any more than the Euro elite is listening to the population of the UK in, in 2016? Well, I'm going through in detail what he said in Hastings this morning, but I think he said that uh, you know, there's no immediate plan for Labour to move that uh, down that direction. He's prioritising uh, other things, and I think he should prioritise again the question of a general election and preface it by the tour I mentioned earlier on about a mass campaign to get the circumstances where a general election has a better chance of uh, of, of, of success. But yes, the, the Labour Party isn't isn't uh, moving in, in in a socialist direction as I perhaps would wish, or at the speed as I well, uh, well you hoped he'd reinstate clause four, and he hasn't, and said he won't. Yes, I, I, I would want a Labour Party that does reinstate Clause 4, that does have a wider programme of public ownership, that bluntly tackles those uh, 
80% of Blairite MPs and put them back to the test of uh, through a reselection process in the Labour Party and gets uh, a parliamentary Labour Party more in tune with the socialist views of many of the Labour Party uh, membership. But on the narrow question that you uh, uh, ask on the uh, uh, the polling that took uh, place by YouGov, I think it was, mm. over uh, uh, a second uh, yeah. referendum and, uh, and so on. I think by not having the debate on the points that I mentioned earlier on about the real nature of the EU and so on has allowed that uh, situation to develop. It could be changed by the debate going back bluntly to the Bob Crow, Tony Benn criticisms of the uh, uh, EU, which is something I still hold by. And just a final question to you, really, goes back to the beginning, in a way, of our conversation. It is, is now the time the left, in a way it perhaps hasn't since the 70s, is able to be openly anti-EU, not anti-European, anti-European Union, to be openly Brexit? I think so, but let me preface that by saying I'm an internationalist. I'm, I'm not anti-Europe. I want a new relationship with the 450 million people in uh, in Europe. I want to tackle climate change and economic things on a continental basis. I just don't think the institutions of the EU, where 28 governments to, to get together, and about two-thirds of them are Tories or, or, or worse, who have laws that are made by appointed commissioners, not in a democratic way. I don't think those institutions are the mechanism by which we should try and solve the problems of Europe. So I think Jeremy not only should do all the things I've said earlier on about opposing the EU in a socialist way, he should go on a European tour as well and start getting socialist and trade union organisations across Europe to challenge from a left point of view, from a socialist point of view, the way in which the last 20 or 30 years of the EU has developed and not leave the debate only to be to the those on the far right whose opposition to the uh, uh, EU and, 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 and attitudes towards uh, uh, race, towards uh, uh, religion, and so on, are the complete opposite of what socialism is. I'm not anti-Europe, I'm anti the institutions of the EU. Thank you very much, Dave Nellis. Good to talk to you again after all this time. Former Labour MP and colleague of Jeremy Corbyn, now National Chair of the TUSC, the Trade Union and Socialist Coalition.